It can be really hard for us to relax at night. We're always thinking about covering crime. But the good news is our wonderful new sponsor, Via, has a terrific product that helps us unwind. Via Hemp has a wide range of terrific gummies of both the THC and THC-free varieties. They can help you with focus, recovery, sleep, creativity, or just plain enjoyment. These products legally ship to all 50 states. I really liked Zen in particular. This is a yummy blueberry option that lets you catch a chill sleep with help from CBN and CBD. It's really helped me turn off my brain and settle down for the night. I also got a shout out Flow State. It helped me feel energized throughout the day. Like not to brag, but I got a lot done. I'm talking about doing several interviews and editing a whole show from start to finish, not to mention jumping on some of the latest filings in the cases we cover. It really made me feel sharp and ready to tackle any challenge. I couldn't recommend this more. Via has so many great gummy options to choose from. Everything from guava berry low dose that allows you to microdose THC to the chill-inducing Delta 9 gummy dreams. Head to viahemp.com and use code MSHEET to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies. That's viahemp.com and use code MSHEET at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Enhance your every day with Via Hemp. Again, if you're 21 and over, you can get 15% off plus a free pack of award-winning gummies with our exclusive code, msheet at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P dot com. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This week, the murder sheet takes a short break from restaurant-related homicides to cover something different. The murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German in Delphi, Indiana. On February 13, 2017, Liberty German and Abigail Williams walked across the Monon High Bridge in Delphi, Indiana. Libby even posted an image of Abby making her way along it. A few minutes later, they ran into someone. A man. Libby recorded at least a portion of the encounter, but only a few moments of it have been released. The man calls them guys and tells them to go down the hill. We don't know exactly what happened next. 
But police believe that the person you just heard on that snippet of audio killed Libby and Abby. Investigators have not revealed how he did it, though Robert Ives, then the chief prosecutor of Carroll County, told us that it did not appear to be a crime of passion. Law enforcement also has not divulged how he left them or whether they think he acted alone. Having recently moved back to Indiana, we've also noticed that this is a case that people continue to talk about. It's a wound that has not healed in this community after four years without answers. Listeners have also requested that we take a look at this case. So Kevin and I have decided to do an intermittent series of episodes on Delphi. We'll conduct ongoing research on the case and release an episode offering a look at a particular person of interest or theory on a monthly basis. We want to start by telling you about a man who may have worked in the area and been very familiar with the property where the girls were murdered. He is an Instagram user who reported on Facebook that the police suspected him of involvement with a 14-year-old girl. He is also a man with a known history of violence against women, and he is likely responsible for at least two other deaths. My name is Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And this is The Murder Sheet, a weekly true crime podcast. We don't just rely on skimming the headlines. We dive into these cases to bring you in-depth coverage. We're The Murder Sheet, and this is The Delphi Murders, Garrett Kurtz. details about Garrett Kurtz seem to line up with what one would expect to see in the person who killed Libby and Abby. Unlike many of the people who have been speculatively linked to this case, Kurtz has strong ties to the area. By his own account, he worked at, and was fired from, the meatpacking plant that operates near the Delphi Trails. He also claimed to have known Ron Logan, the man who owned the property where the bodies were discovered. Kurtz posted on Facebook about his use of Instagram, the app Libby used to post the picture of Abby on the bridge. He also reported that the police suspected that he had picked up a 14-year-old girl. That's all circumstantial, but it's interesting. We can confirm, however, that Kurtz was capable of extreme violence against women. He had a violent relationship with a woman named Ashley Garth, that took an especially dark turn on January 20th, 2019. Jay Schimmel, 
a deputy with the Carroll County Sheriff's Department, filed an affidavit explaining what happened. Anya would now read a few excerpts from that document. Ashley entered her residence and observed her residence to be in disarray. She walked towards the rear of the residence and entered her bedroom. She turned on the light and Garrett quickly emerged from the bathroom and attacked her. He tackled her to the ground, telling her that he was not kidding about killing her, referencing earlier messages he had sent her. He then taped her mouth shut, tied her hands behind her back, and tied her feet. He wrapped pieces of clothing around her mouth to keep the tape on. He then left her on the ground and walked to the living room and turned on music to drown out her attempts to scream. She was able to scoot towards the door of the bedroom and get the article off her face. She screamed for help, and Garrett quickly approached her and grabbed her feet and flipped her over. He began to choke her, using his hands, and she lost consciousness several times. Every time she regained consciousness, Garrett would choke her again. She was confined approximately two hours. He walked out of the residence and got in his grandmother's car and left. Ashley was then able to get up and run outside. She then went to the neighbor's house and called her father for help. Kurtz was arrested for what he did to Ashley, but he was allowed to bond out of jail on February 28, 2019. Meanwhile, Garth remained in Kurtz's orbit, and some suggest that this closeness could have provided a motive for what happened to Abby and Libby. In the fall of 2016, just months before the murders, there was court action to determine who should be the guardian of Ashley's child. According to some online chatter, a relative of one of the Delphi victims may have provided information to the court, which resulted in Ashley losing the right to be the guardian of her child. In an effort to confirm or deny that, we reached out to the attorney in the case. She never got back to us. In any case, whatever the nature of the relationship was with Garth, Kurtz became increasingly involved with another woman, one named Nicole Bowen. The latest chapter in Kurtz's history of violence was about to unfold. Let's take a quick break from the murder sheet to tell you about a podcast investigating yet another unforgettable crime. The Orange Tree is a seven-part series about a 2005 homicide that happened near the University of Texas at Austin. The murder of 21-year-old Jennifer Cave, who was shot, dismembered, and left in a bathtub at her friend Colton Petoniak's apartment, continues to haunt the area to this day. Like the Burger Chef murders, this case features plenty of twists and turns, including Colton's flight to Mexico with another UT student, Laura Hall. Both were later convicted in connection with the crime, although Colton has continued to appeal his verdict and claim innocence. The business student turned convicted murderer now says that he doesn't even remember much about the night Jennifer died. The Orange Tree is reported on and produced by Haley Butler and Tanu Thomas, who were both seniors at the University of Texas when they started this project. 
Together, Haley and Tanu strive to piece together this tragic story in an in-depth podcast that features audio from courtroom scenes and interrogation rooms, prison phone calls, and exclusive interviews with both the perpetrators and the victim's family. You can binge all seven episodes of The Orange Tree today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. A weight loss journey can feel like a lonely struggle, but it doesn't have to be. For so many of us, lifestyle changes like deciding to lose weight, adopting a nutritious diet, and taking up fun exercises are all about putting our own health and wellness first. But it can be really hard to know where to begin or how to keep the weight off once we've seen some progress. Quick fixes like soup diets and juice cleanses are unsustainable. There's a much better way to embark on this journey that over 200,000 people have already chosen. We're talking about the Roe Body Program. Here's how it works. Roe gives you access to one of the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Their Roe Body Program then sets up a comprehensive weight loss program tailored to your specific lifestyle, health status, and goals. In addition to the weekly shot, you get one-on-one coaching with a registered nurse. That can help you adopt and stick with lifestyle changes like exercise routines and nutritious diets. It's a comprehensive program that sees participants lose 15 to 20% of their weight in a year on average. But the real benefit is that you keep that weight off. This is weight loss at its most sustainable. With Roe, the average weight loss is 15 to 20% of your weight in one year, in conjunction with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash msheet. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. Go to roe.co slash msheet. That's R-O dot C-O slash msheet. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And now, back to the murder sheet. Before we go back into Kurt's vicious crimes, let's take a moment to meet Ray Hanish, a gentle and kind nurse. Here's Ray's mother, Dorothy Hanish. Ray was just a, a very caring, compassionate man. Somehow, the 49-year-old Ray crossed paths with Garrett Kurtz and Nicole Bowen. There are two theories as to how that happened. Now, Ray had helped a young couple, um, I would say in January, February, I mean, before he was murdered. But he had met this young couple who was homeless, um, out of work, and living in their van. But they were coming over. Um, could, could we sleep here tonight? Um, supposedly, the girl... He said the boy was young in his early 20s or 2021, and he didn't mention any kind of name about the the girl or the woman. But anyway, she was supposedly pregnant, and he would come over, and and the guy would say, well, could we sleep here tonight? I just hate for her to have to sleep in the van tonight as cold as it is. So Ray would let him stay the night, sometimes two nights. And then they'd come over and say, we haven't had a shower in three days. Could we come over and shower? And Ray said, well, I let him come over last night, and they showered. And I'm sure he was feeding them because Ray loved to cook and he was 
always cooking, so I'm sure he was feeding them too. This couple has never been identified, but it is very possible that it is either Kurtz and Bowen or Kurtz and Ashley Garth. The other version of how Ray and Kurtz met comes from Kurtz himself. According to him, they came across each other online, on something like Grindr, an LGBTQ dating app, and made plans via text messages to meet at Ray's place to have sex. We do know from Dorothy that Ray had recently gone through a breakup with his boyfriend. But Dorothy finds it hard to believe that Kurtz went to Ray's apartment with sex on his mind. Fingerprint evidence proves that Nicole Bowen was also in Ray's place. Why would Kurtz bring along a friend if he was going to go somewhere to meet a person to have sex? Um, well, the only thing I, that we have is that Kurtz, I think, I think they went there to kill him. Why, I don't know. According to the story Kurtz told police, what happened to Ray that night was an accident. Kurtz claimed that somehow the topic of autoerotic asphyxiation came up between the two men. This is the practice of heightening sexual pleasure via strangulation or hanging to temporarily cut off the supply of oxygen to your brain. It is incredibly dangerous. Kurtz claimed that Ray was interested in it, that Ray asked to be strangled. And, according to Kurtz, in the heat of the moment, things went a little too far. Dorothy doesn't buy this story. How can Kurtz was arrested and tried for um, strangulation of his then girlfriend, Ashley Garth? From what I've read, he held her captive and strangled her multiple times to the point of unconsciousness and then, then, then quit. So my question to the prosecutor, uh, he seemed to be pretty good at this. I mean, if he can strangle Ashley multiple times to the point of unconsciousness and then stop, why did Ray die? And the prosecutor said, well, accidents do happen. And um, his correlation with that was, um, if I can shoot an apple off your head and I can do that 50 times, but the 51st time I miss and kill you, that's an accident. So that was his explanation for why Garth can strangle somebody multiple times to the point of unconsciousness, but yet he kills two more people by strangulation. Another reason why Dorothy doubts the accidental death story is because of what happened afterwards. Neither Kurtz nor Bowen called 911 or sought any sort of help for Ray. Instead, they stole his TV, his wallet, his phone, and his car, and then they fled. Meanwhile, Ray's family grew increasingly concerned. After he failed to show up for his shift at work, they phoned the police. They investigated and discovered Ray's body. The coroner told me that, determined that it was natural causes. I'm like, really? But then it wasn't until days later that they said, no, um, it was ligature strangulation. So why they told me natural causes in the beginning, I have no idea because how could you see ligature strangulation and determine natural causes? The initial police investigation seemed to leave much to be desired. 
Initially, police told the family that Ray had likely died a natural death, even though it looked like someone had thrown a party in his home. In the days after Ray's death, his family even found evidence in his apartment that law enforcement either missed or inexplicably chose to leave behind, including something linked to Ashley Garth, the woman Kurtz had attacked several months earlier. There was a cell phone on the coffee table that my daughter picked up and and checked out. And um, I don't even know, she said it belonged to Ashley. And there was a bullet on the coffee table. Kurtz and the others remained free, and the violence continued. On March 29th, Kurtz lured Nicole Bowen to a home in a trailer park. Ashley Garth was waiting for them there. Ashley and Nicole fought, and then Kurtz put Nicole into a chokehold until she collapsed. He then strangled her to death with a scarf and an extension cord. He hid her body in an old shipping container that someone was using as a hunting shack. It is clear that that is what happened. It is much less clear why it happened. Kurtz initially said that Ashley and Nicole were basically just fighting over him, and he wanted to let them have it out. Later, he said that Nicole knew the details of a meth operation Kurtz was involved in, and Kurtz feared she would turn him in, so he killed her to keep her quiet. Dorothy wonders if the real motive was something else altogether. Our suspicion was that they, Kurtz felt that she was going to tell because two police officers, two state police officers, had showed up at her house, um, well, her mother's house, um, to question her, and she wasn't home at the time, I don't think, but uh, I think they got wind of that and felt that she was going to tell what happened, and that's why she was murdered. We don't have evidence of that, but that's our suspicion. It would be ironic if fear of prosecution for Ray's death prompted Kurtz to kill Nicole. He took a plea deal in her death that will see him serve 55 years in prison. He has not faced any charges at all in Ray's death, and it is unclear if he ever will. The Hannish family's interactions with Robert Guy, the prosecutor of White County, have not left them feeling confident Ray will ever get justice. He left me with the feeling that he felt Ray got what he deserved. Because he said, well, he's hanging around with people I wouldn't be seen with. Um, I don't know that just um, as a mother and a very sensitive anyway, it's your son's murder. Um, it just really, really hit me wrong. It, it left me leaving there just feeling really terrible, terrible. More questions when I left than I think I went in with. Because of the way the prosecutor was handling it. We left a message for Guy requesting a comment on this case, but we didn't hear back from him. Though nothing much seemed to happen in Ray's case, Dorothy followed the case of Nicole Bowen closely. At one point, she even ran into the mother of Garrett Kurtz. And I have compassion for Kurtz, Mom. I met her once at one of the hearings, you know, and I gave her a hug and told her, you know, I'm sorry you're going through this. I mean, it's a shame that a mother has to watch her son go through trials for murder. I mean, two murders. And at the time I told her, I'm Ray's mom, and she kind of gave me a blank stare. And I said, well, he killed my son, too. And she goes, oh, my God, no. no. She said, no, I, I didn't even know that. 
It is some consolation that Garrett Kurtz will spend the next 55 years in prison for what he did to Nicole Bowen. But for Dorothy, that is not enough. Ray's life matters, and he needs justice too. Of course, Liberty German and Abigail Williams, the girls murdered just off the Delphi Bridge over four years ago, also deserve justice. Did Kurtz kill them too? One can easily build a strong circumstantial case against him. He's a known murderer with ties to the area who is accused of an unhealthy interest in young girls. But our experience with the Burgershaft murders has taught us that you can build cases that sound compelling against people who actually have no involvement whatsoever with the crime. So we are not prepared to accuse Kurtz of the Delphi murders or exonerate him of them. There is just not enough information out there to make that sort of determination. We do wish, though, that we knew how Libby and Abby died. Kurt strangled all of his victims. If the girls at Delphi died from strangulation, it would be another piece of circumstantial evidence linking Kurtz to their deaths. Whether or not Kurtz was involved in Delphi at all, we feel that the story of his reign of terror holds a lot of relevance to our understanding of violent crime. When a society fails to hold violent men like Kurtz to account, people get hurt. People like Nicole, the mother of two boys. People like Ray, a gentle man who cared for his patients and his loved ones. It's very clear now that Kurtz should have been remanded after nearly strangling Garth, his victim and his eventual accomplice, into unconsciousness multiple times. That attempt on Garth's life happened in January 2019, according to court documents. About a month later, on February 28th, Kurtz bonded out of jail. Ray and Nicole would be dead by the end of March. Perhaps if our society and our criminal justice system were better able to handle domestic violence, those lives could have been spared. We would like to thank Laura and Michelle for suggesting we cover this case. What happened to Libby and Abby in a small town in Indiana has since been covered extensively by media outlets all over the world. When we researched this introductory episode, we found the local coverage in the Indianapolis Star and from Wish TV especially helpful. We also relied upon an excellent timeline available online at actusreus.com. The extensive discussions around the case at the Delphi Murders subreddit can be overwhelming, but they are also indispensable for anyone interested in this case. Anyone with information about these murders is encouraged to send tips to this email address, abbyandlibbytip at cacoshrf.com. Information sent by email is kept confidential and is only shared with investigators. The telephone tip line is 844-459-5786. Tips are also accepted by the Indiana State Police at 800-382-7537 or by the Carroll County Sheriff's Department. 765 564 2413. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Murder Sheet. As always, thanks to Kevin Tyler Greenlee, who composed the music for The Murder Sheet, and who you can find on the web at kevintg.com. To keep up with the latest on The Murder Sheet, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Murder Sheet, and on Facebook at MSheet Podcast, or by searching Murder Sheet. If you enjoy listening to The Murder Sheet, please leave us a five-star review to help us gain more exposure. And send tips, suggestions, and feedback to murdersheet at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.